you know, it's they they aren't. I don't think Amazon's censoring as badly as Google. You know, we talked about. Oh, before. I don't know. They they yeah. took a bunch of the documentaries off, uh, and a lot of the books. But and that's things. not that's not surreptitiously suppressing information and, and getting people to believe that it just doesn't exist. I mean, they're just deleting this stuff. I mean, most. I mean, on my site for sure, and hundreds of others, including yours, have been impacted by this censorship that really limits our ability to share truthful information to the general public. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that you're probably being exposed to even more BPA than we thought. And we already know, and if you've been awake and reading any blog about health or any of my books and things like that, you know that BPA or bisphenol A, which is found in a lot of plastics, can interfere with your hormones. And new research that was published in The Lancet, which is pretty important, shows that previous studies underestimated the actual level of BPA in humans by, get this, 44 times. So it turns out that these guys developed a more accurate technique for recording real BPA levels in humans. And this is a group of researchers from universities in three states, and they found that all the regulators were relying on flawed measurements. I mean, imagine that. And it turns out that enzymes affect accurate measurements, and they use an indirect approach before, which involved an enzyme solution. And the new method, which is a direct measurement that doesn't use enzymes, found 44 times more. And the US FDA found that BPA levels in humans are low and therefore safe after looking at studies that were based on enzymes. So this new study says, uh, maybe we should reconsider this and stop putting this crap in our bodies, in our environment, and in things like our receipts and other cheap plastic things. So it's time that we also look at what these research teams are doing because they're looking at parabens, triclosan, which is still found in cosmetics and soaps and destroys your microbial environment and our microbial environment, the one around us and inside of us. So let's do real science here. And then what if we did regulations based on science instead of some sort of weird uh, financial-based religious system? I don't even know. But anyway, this is really interesting. 44 times lower or higher than than thought and this is what's driving our regulations so it's our regulators job to use hard science when this stuff comes out and the good news is that we are seeing shifts in regulations as the regulators start seeing the real science it's just taking too long for them to uh, to take action on it but we don't want regulations that change every five minutes either but we don't want ones that continuously improve so i am cautiously optimistic that this will actually enter our legislation and plastic manufacturers will have to Stop doing BPA. Now, you're asking yourself, is today's show going to be about BPA? And the answer is no. It's about an F word. The F word being EMF. <laughs> and it is with uh, my good friend, uh, fellow biohacker, and as world-changing guy, Dr. Joseph Mercola. Uh, he started his career as an osteopathic physician in uh, conventional medicine about 30 years ago. And then starting in the 90s, when I was out there helping to build early cloud computing things, uh, he started out saying, hey, I'm in a blog and I'm going to start sharing all this information and runs one of the largest trafficked health information resources on the internet. And if you've not not ever seen it, you go to Mercola.com. It's a, a very famous website full of all kinds of useful information. And you've probably seen them in LA Times, CNN, and Dr. Oz Show, and all sorts of other things. Dr. Mercola, as always, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. And uh, thank you for that kind intro. You know, uh, the my, my tech background is, I think, why we share such an affinity, because I was first online, I think, uh, mid-70s, you know, that was when we had acoustic wow. couplers and, you know, the modems were like 25K, <laughs> it was like crazy. And then we did, actually, and I took my first computer class in the, in the late 60s and we had Fort, uh, Fortran and COBOL, we had the, the computer punch cards, you know, for nice. one line of code. So I am not a technophobe by any stretch of the imagination and that is not 
why I wrote this book, because I think we should be afraid of technology. I think we need to embrace it. We just need to embrace it wisely, the way we did last century. And as a tech guy, you know that virtually no one connected to the internet, the probably the most valuable innovation in the history of mankind, through a wireless signal. They did it through a wire in the, in the 20th century. But now it's like the rare instance where you're connecting through a wire. So it's almost always wireless. And that, that really spurred my investigation of this. You know, initially you have to get over this hump, the, this reluctance to accept that there could be some harm and that you may have to change your behavior if you want to remain healthy and not suffer serious derangement to your precious mitochondria by excessive exposure to these frequencies. So, you know, I put together this book. It took me three years to write it. And it's actually the last book I'm going to write for a long, long time. I'm going to switch to writing review articles instead. Um, it's just, uh, it's my new phase of life, I think. <laughs> so your, your book is called EMF. And one of the reasons I want to have you on, there's a lot of alarmists who say, we live in a blue lit microwaved world and we're all going to die. And I mean, I hate to say well, those it. Are, that's I, true. The, both of those statements are true. <laughs> uh, we are all going to die, and we do live in a blue microwave world. However, it's a really convenient, awesome world with all sorts of ability to do things you could never dream of before. Uh, and so I, I look at technology as a double-edged sword. And uh, and it, this this idea that, oh, we have to unplug everything in our lives always is not well-founded. But the idea also that uh, oh, in that case, let's just marinate ourselves in Wi-Fi all willy-nilly. It, it's not borne out by science either. And we have this weird polarizing environment where you have to be, you know, 100% in on whatever your cause is or you're the devil. And almost everything in life is is not that binary. Right? It, it's a sliding switch. And so I use a cell phone. I'm grateful for my cell phone. It's completely changed my life. And I put on airplane mode when I'm not using it. And I turn off my Wi-Fi, actually most of the time. And if I really need it, I turn it on. And when I'm done with it, I turn it off. It's not that hard. You just have to know. So you wrote a great book about, about this. And I wanted to go in today. I mean, you've been on, on the podcast three or four times on different topics because you're a broad spectrum expert here. So I did their broad spectrum. You know, we're trained at all the disciplines, which I, 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 is my, I'm a Bias and prejudice, but I think that's one of the best specialties because you get a little bit of everything, and you're a generalist. Um, I uh, I love it. Uh, it's it's one of those things where you have to be able to do those things in order to really, um, in, in order to really show up in the world and, and actually hack health versus just do you know this one thing or or one other thing. So I'm I'm pretty darn impressed uh, with. Uh, with the way you've been able to switch from you know, chemical contamination and glyphosate. And then, Sarah, let's talk about you know, voltage-gated calcium channels in our cells. And something new that's come about uh, that I think we ought to focus on for listeners is what is going on with uh, 5G? Uh, because 5G is a new innovation in tech. And can you walk people through what you found when you're doing the research uh, in your new book uh, what's the difference between, between this and you know, our old 900 megahertz mobile phones and the stuff we're using with radar or radio or TV or all the other things? Just why does it matter more now? Great questions. Uh, there's a lot of confusion in 5G, uh, and even people who claim to be experts are confused on it because the actual danger and damage from that specific frequency, which are shorter wavelengths, um, be and they ca they carry more information at a de radically decreased latency. So a 4G uh, LTE is like maybe 100 milliseconds latency and perhaps 10 megabytes per second, whereas 5G, when it's implemented properly, probably 70 times faster, maybe even up to a gigabyte per second with like a millisecond latency. So you're going to get amazing connection speeds. But it doesn't, you know, so that's one of the benefits. The downside is it because of the shorter wavelength, its ability to penetrate physical structures is limited. So um, as a result of that, you need more of these antennas and transmitters, uh, literally on the order of one or two magnitudes more antennas. So the yeah. primary concern is that is not the actual frequency because the frequency is actually less dangerous than your 900 megahertz cell phone, which is probably the most dangerous frequency because of the resonance effect and its ability to actually resonate with your body's tissue. 
900 is like very, very dangerous. And it gets, so if you had a choice of running your Wi-Fi router at 2.5 gigahertz or five, you definitely want to run it at five because the higher frequency is actually safer biologically. So, so did you say 5G is better than? Five gigahertz. Oh, five gigahertz. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, but I said 5G is a safer frequency than 4G or 3G. And it's much safer than the, your old cordless portable phone, which you probably don't have anymore, hopefully. If you don't, you need to either, you reflect seriously on a neighbor or relative you don't care for and give that to them. So, you know. <laughs> so why you should give your old mobile phone to someone you don't like. Well, portable uh, phone, portable. <laughs> portable phone, fair point, yeah. Let me expand on that. So because it doesn't penetrate physical structures as much, you need more of these antennas. So as a result, you have a collectively more exposure to the radiation. So that's the danger. There's more of them. And then this is, you know, the all uh, based on this ever-increasing penetration and blanketing of the earth with these frequencies, which didn't exist 150 years ago. We, we didn't have electricity until 1890. I mean, at least uh, uh, transferred commercially. I mean, it did exist as static electricity in the 1700s and stuff, but it really didn't start until 1890. And then we had telegraphs and stuff, and the radio was in the early 20th century. Our, our exposures radically increased with these radio frequencies and mobile services about the 21st century. So that is the challenge when you have this cumulative exposure. It's, it's, it, there, there's some compelling evidence I review in the book that's, that cell phones are indeed, without any question, at least in my mind, are the cigarettes of the 21st century. And they will be conclusively proven to be such within a few decades. The problem, and this is the big problem, is that most people hear that, do not believe it. And there's a good reason. It's not that they're foolish or stupid or ignorant. They have been very carefully deceived and manipulated by the incredibly powerful wireless industry, which is ever as powerful as big pharma and tobacco. And, you, and deploy the same surreptitious and sophisticated strategies to obfuscate the truth and and deceive the public about this so that they can increase their profits is what it boils down to. And I, and I go into a few chapters just to walk people through this because if you don't learn from history, you're, you're going to suffer needlessly. It's crazy not to learn what they've done. And it's all well documented. And it's, I'm sure you can remember, just as most everyone listening to this, in the late 90s when you had four or five CEOs of the biggest tobacco companies in the country all testifying before Congress and all lying through their teeth that tobacco was not addictive and it did not cause lung cancer. And then literally a few months later, they, they settled for tens of billions of dollars you know, because the proof was conclusive. We're going we're gonna to have that same epiphany. Uh, you know, it's going to be too long. It's going to be 30, 40, 50 years from now. When, but, but it's going to be the same thing. I don't know if they're going to be testifying before Congress, but they may be, maybe repeat the same scenario. It, it's a really interesting uh, time because with the tobacco situation, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to argue that, you know, nicotine itself has some medical benefits apart from smoking. Smoking is terrible for you. That's not disputing. You know, that's not it, an it, issue. Totally, right? So it, it's, it's not like we can't do something good, even in that environment. And we have this history of people saying, oh, uh, I don't I don't unconsciously want to believe this to be true because it creates huge cognitive dissonance. So I am going to uh, sort of unconsciously believe what I want to be true uh, until I'm just overwhelmed by pressure to, to change my thinking. And so I, I don't think there's, there's people sitting there going, I know it causes lung cancer, but I'm going to sell it anyway because I'm like Mr. Smithers. It, no, it's not no, like that. They're, no, they're a delusional it, denial. It, 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 that's what it is. And on the on the EMF front, I I actually had a chance to ask four CTOs of some of the largest tech companies in the world on stage. Uh, this is at a Peter Diamandis uh, event a while ago. You know, hey, whose job is it to validate you know, just safety on this stuff? You know, for for light exposure, what this stuff does to our brains and all that. And and these guys looked at each other. These are CTOs, and, and they looked at each other. And goes, it's, it's not our job. Like it, it wasn't in their job description. It wasn't in their corporate purvey. In fact, it's probably dangerous in their job description. So what, uh, what I did though here afterwards was curiosity from a couple of them, and we had a few follow ups. Uh, and it was like, hey, here's the information we know. But the world's biggest market opportunity right now is what if 
we had a wireless signal that transmitted data that was biologically compatible with us. We'd have to rip out trillions of dollars of infrastructure and buy new stuff. And the company who makes that is going to be one of the wealthiest companies on the planet. So it's not like we're going to just stop using wireless. We're just going to have to fix it. Do you believe that? Uh, I haven't seen the evidence of that. I'm not suggesting it doesn't exist or will exist. But these frequencies seem to be causing biological damage by generating excessive oxidative stress. So I don't know if you can modulate the signal in some way so it doesn't do that. It's probably theoretically possible. I have not seen any research to suggest that. But I don't believe it's not impossible. Just the, the, the literature hasn't been done. In the meantime, the best and wisest uh, strategy is to minimize your exposure to it. And that just involves us, using a wired connection, which is probably 98% of my connection. Except that when I travel, I live on the east coast of Florida. And once every six weeks or so, I travel down to the west coast, about a four-hour drive. I have someone drive me down. And uh, I need to have internet connection. So what Brian Hoyer, who is going to be on stage at Bulletproof at our uh, speaker panel. March 27th, the new Bulletproof or the new biohacking conference. Yeah, the seventh one, right? Yeah, I love it. It's my absolute unequivocally favorite event of the year, the one I most anticipate. Yeah, I mean, I, I say it because it's true. So anyway, he was the primary consultant in my book and really helped develop and refine and provide a lot of simple strategies. But he just I just interviewed him just last week and he gave me another great strategy. It's like when you're traveling in a car, what you mm -hmm. can do is you can, you can connect your phone, and an iPhone does this real well, through a wire to your notebook and have a wired connection so you can put your notebook yeah. in the airplane mode and then you can put shielding fabric over the phone and tape the outside of the phone to the window. It's, it's one uh, side so, of shielding. I mean, some still going to okay. leak back, but you rather, you probably cut it down by 90%. It's still have an internet connection. That's interesting. So you're just getting less exposure. Yeah. Now, people might be saying, oh my God, Dave, you and, and Dr. McCall here are a little bit paranoid, but let, let me tell you a little story, Joe. And oh, I've talked I know. About this. this is about your hip, right? Left hip? Yeah. Or, or my femur. Femur. Yeah. A lot of people maybe haven't heard this. I haven't talked about it in a couple of years, but I, I know because I wrote a book on fertility in 2011 that, okay, don't put your cell phone near your reproductive organs because the evidence is overwhelming about that. So I've been keeping my cell phone in a, a basically hip pocket. You know, I wear pants that have a pocket there most of the time. And I do it on my right hip because I'm right-handed or my right femur, kind of middle of my upper leg. And lo and behold, I did a high-resolution bone density scan of my entire body. And my right femur was 10% less dense where the phone is versus my left femur. And my right leg is my dominant leg that should be a little bit more uh, dense. So... What's going on there? Well, what's going on there is exactly what you've talked about on stage at the biohacking conference, what you've written about, you know, what I've written about, which is voltage-gated uh, calcium channels. So I was literally harming the mitochondria of my bone, and bone density is driven by mitochondria. So, so this is real stuff. And, and you're saying, okay, if you're going to drive all the time, you know, maybe it does make sense to stick your cell phone to the window so you have a wired internet connection. Yeah, we'll just reduce your exposure. It's a simple strategy, yeah. you know. It, it is. But, but with respect to the voltage-gated calcium channels, that may be true, but in writing the book, and I, I interviewed a lot of the experts, the top experts in the world, and you know, there's some controversy on whether or not Paul's hypothesis is correct. So I think Interesting. It, yeah, I mean, it may be correct, but it may be some, some additional variables. But I think what's more fundamental is that you, you damage the mitochondria, most likely through increased oxidative stress. And, and voltage-gated calcium channels could be one way. And Thankfully, there's some really good ways to uh, block those channels with, with really important nutrients like magnesium and then reduce the oxidative stress with molecular hydrogen, which is good for so many other things. One of my absolute favorite supplements um, to, to activate the NRF2 pathway, which is, stimulates your body's ability to produce endogenous antioxidants like glutathione, catalase, SOD, you know, that really address these reactive oxygen species and reactive nitrogen species like peroxynitrite. So... And that's really what causes damage. Damage the mitochondria, not only the mitochondria, but the, your stem cells, your cell membranes, your proteins, proteostasis gets screwed up, uh, your telomeres. I mean, everything that we, we know is so crucial for longevity. Uh, it increases senescent cells. I mean, it's just bad news. So <clears throat> not, and you know, most, you and I are both passionate longevity uh, freaks. And, uh, 
sadly, most people in this space do not get the damage that EMF causes. You know, I, I diligently review the literature, and I rarely ever see anyone commenting on this. So, so okay, people are listening going, on, on half their brain is right now kind of rolling their eyes going, come on, like I have a Wi-Fi router, Wi-Fi <laughs> makes it easier, I have one of these ring doorbell things that makes me safer and creates a surveillance state yes, <laughs> and may allow perverts to talk to my children, uh, which has now happened, not just to call it ring, but any, any kind of surveillance system in your home that others can access is a stupid idea. Uh, if I could say that as a computer security guy uh, in my other life. Uh, so that's uh, like, like I, I just don't get it, but people are saying, okay, half of them is like, this is so convenient. It, it makes everything easy. And I have an internet of things. My toaster can talk to my whatever. Uh, and then on the other hand, they're saying, I want to live a long time. So now there's this kind of background discomfort. What are the easy things aside from, okay, plug in an Ethernet cable? Uh, what are the easy things you can do? Well, there's three primary ones. Your largest, most people's largest exposure are going to be through their Wi-Fi, their personal mobile device and cell phone. And uh, they need to create a sanctuary where they're sleeping at night. So... That means no radio frequency fields, no magnetic fields, which are pretty easy to test for. Maybe not as easy to mitigate for, but at least you, if you find them, you can you know they're there. And sometimes they don't really travel very far, so it's you just move your bed around. And then uh, <clears throat> dirty electricity, and then electrical fields, which are hard. You know, most residential areas, the wire in the wall behind the whole walls is not a conduit. It it is in commercial buildings or hotels. So then you don't have to worry. Actually, a hotel is typically a safer place to sleep from the electrical fields perspective. Assuming you unplug all the, the cords that are in the wall, then you, there's virtually no electrical fields in the room. I just spent a large sum of money to tear up the floor of my bedroom and actually uh, put shielding fabric on the floor and install a new floor on top of that. So I created a complete Faraday cage now, and my sleep has improved pretty dramatically. Uh, as a result, because I, I was pretty low, but it's like zero now, based on a very sensitive body voltage free, uh, measurement from uh, uh, GeoVital. So I actually had zero zero microvolts on the electrical fields, which is pretty good. Can't get better than that. And uh, so that that's the thing you want to you want to go to that area and do that. So most of us are not going to create a Faraday cage, and I I do have to say, guys, I did create a Faraday cage. Uh, She's going back more than 10 years ago. It, it's not as hard as you think. I made a little office in my garage uh, when I didn't have any more space in the house. And I used uh, aluminized uh, foam for the walls. So there's a, a thin layer of aluminum foil on all of them. And I grounded all of it with copper wires. And you go in there and you get no cell phone signal. And I tell you, you go meditate in a Faraday cage, you get a different result. You, you're getting more of your own signal and less of the garbage around you. And it's all very subtle stuff. Um, I used to even do my ozone therapy in a Faraday cage, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, I don't know strategy. if that was helpful or not. I, I, I don't know that I would do aluminum, and Brian agrees with that, because it reflects more than absorbs, but you can use things like carbon. Biochar would do it, or graphene-type paint. Oh, yeah. So it absorbs it and doesn't reflect it and scatter it around the room. You can buy EMF-blocking paint now that's even low VOC. So it's possible to you know paint your whole your whole room in this stuff, including the floor if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. uh, my new house, uh, uh, actually it's not a new house, but I'm remodeling a house that I bought new to me. And before we put on the siding, we're putting on a very fine metal mesh underneath the siding for the entire house. Uh, and we'll be connecting all of it to each other and then grounding it. So it'll be, uh, it'll be grounded. It'll have a metal roof that's also connected to those. But I don't think we're going to do the floors, and we should be okay because oh, we're on hundred. No, no, that yeah. was the mistake. Brian showed me this video; it was unbelievable. Yeah. Where the the person had a concrete slab and had a full, full Faraday cage except for the floor, and then you could mm -hmm. easily pick up the radio frequency signals until you put a com completed the cage by putting a base to it. You have wow. to do the floor. And in fact, even if you're on a hundred feet of granite. Yes, because it's transparent. Well, 100 feet, of, 100 feet of granite, that might be another another deal. If it's It may not go through the granite because, you know, I'd have to ask Brian about that because usually it's not 100 feet of granite. But, yeah. you know, I do know for 6 or 12 inches of concrete, it'll go right through that. Yeah, that's that's not going to do anything. But you know what, you, the way they built their homes in Japan, they use biochar, which is activated charcoal. They put it at the base of their floors. That's smart. 
Yeah, and they've been doing this for centuries, and they just intuitively knew that this was going to be a good strategy. It's a, you know works against molds and odors and and can you just mix it in with char with cement? You can. I'm actually working with a consultant, uh, one of the primary uh, advisors for Dr. B. His name is Barry Dillard, who is in. Uh, uh, I forget exactly what it does, but he's he's creating these skyscrapers in Austin, and uh, oh, Bobby Dillard. Yeah, yeah, you know, Dr. B is, you know, so Dr. Barry Morgulon, everyone knows Dr. B. He's been on the show, he's a good friend of both of ours. And then, yeah, Bobby's a, a great friend as well. Okay, so yeah, I've been talking with Bobby about safe building. So I'm standards. working with okay. him on creating some uh, integration of biochar within the concrete. So it's seeking, seeking to be a prototype for uh, environmentally friendly and EMF reduced uh, building because concrete is, a, is really bad material for. Uh, not uh, contributing to the carbon footprint. So, but you can integrate the carb, the biochar into it, and it turns the whole process around. And and it's safe, makes it safer and stronger. That is cool. All right. So now people listen to this, going, okay, I live in a condo. I'm in a big city. Uh, what can I do? So, so the things on my list would be, okay, you can do this EMF blocking paint if you own the place. But if you're renting, it really comes down to it. And, and I've said this before on the air. Look, if I lived in a big city in a high rise, I would have a tent around my bed um, that's EMF blocking fabric. That's, a, that's called a canopy. Yeah, a canopy. But you got to put a base to it. Oh, oh, under a bed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there needs to be a complete Faraday cage. You just can't do, you know, like a box without a, without a bottom. Okay, so if you do this, now you've got basically metallized fabric. Usually it's, it's got silver or mm-hmm. copper in it. Right. Uh, you can see through it, you can breathe through it and all that sort of stuff. It probably looks more like a fairy princess bed than you'd like. Uh, and then, or maybe an African safari bed, if you want to be more, uh, tough about yes. it. Uh, what do you connect it to? Like, like is this grounded electrical systems that need to be grounded? How does this work? Well, with respect to radio frequency fields, it doesn't need to be grounded, but for electrical fields, it would be a good idea. And uh, we actually created a tent. It's taken us four or five years to do this, a traveling tent for a fraction, typically about a fourth of the cost of creating a canopy, and, and it collapses into a, about a two-pound size that you can easily travel with. So, uh, and the key was get, working with the zipper, because the zipper creates a leak, and if you have the tiniest leak, the, the radio frequencies are going to come in. So we had to, to make some adjustments and actually have fabric on either side of the zipper were com- held together with magnets to s- completely shield the, uh, and create the, the Faraday effect. So... It works pretty darn good. It radically probably attenuates the signals by 98, 99%. So have you measured in yourself or other people changes in sleep quality, deep sleep or things like that when they're sleeping in a Faraday cage? Yeah, we're in early stages. So we're just compiling the data now because it's taken us like three or four years. I mean, it's just to get a, a bed that, a, a tent that works because there was these leaks and we just couldn't get it down to the level where it was acceptable. But we finally got it. So we've only had it for a few weeks and we're still compiling the data. I'm excited to try one out. I did travel for a while with like a, a EMF blocking kind of sleeping bag thing made out of sheets, but it was a little too short for my 6'4 body. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it it wasn't that usable because it wasn't a tent. It was, it was kind of in your face, uh, literally. And I just found I didn't sleep well in it. So I'm interested in this because I travel 150 days of the year. Yeah, it's good for you. I've got one coming for you, so it'll be Thank good. Thank you. But if you're listening to the show and you're like, look, I travel twice a year. Look, don't worry about it. You don't need to take something yeah, with yeah. you. Um, but if you travel for business all the time, you probably do want to consider this. Another another tip, and it's not intuitive, is to take the lowest floor and say, why? Well, typically there's other buildings around as opposed to the 15th floor, 20th floor, the you know top floor in a skyscraper. The higher up you are, the more exposure you're going to have. So it, it could be theoretically possible that you're on the first floor, second floor, that these other buildings are blocking the radio frequency signals, and you'll have a relatively low uh, signal from the outside, assuming there's nothing, not much from the inside contaminating your room. Okay. So I I will always seek to get the lowest floor. And it's also a good good strategy in case case there's a fire. That's a fair point, yeah. You can always jump out the second floor window, but the 20th floor... Walk down one flight of stairs, you don't have to, you know, in the dark. Now, this is a tough question, but I, I have to ask it. What is the relative risk of being freaked out and worried about EMFs all the time if you get the top floor uh, versus the harm from the EMFs? Like there are people who are are really frightened by this. They're sympathetic, active, and they're walking around feeling sure. under threat all the time. Yeah, well, that's going to be dangerous. And I don't know that anyone studied that, but you know, theoretically, it could be worse. It depends on the exposures, how active the person's 
sympathetic nervous system is, how damaged it is, how, what their state of health, how much stress they have overall in addition to that and what the radio frequency signals are. So, And how much toxic metal can, they have. Can go right? way. If you're full of mercury, Sorry? you're going to be more sensitive to this stuff. Oh, sure. Right? It's Dr. Doris Rapasovan of saying she's one of my early mentors. She's an environmental allergist, really beautiful woman. Um, it's how big your barrel is or how full your barrel is. Once, you know, if, you don't, if your barrel is pretty empty, you can get a lot, tolerate a lot of stressors. If you're full to the brim, then just a, any little bit's going to, Going to overflow. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things. So so for an individual person listening to this, you could say, hold on, you know, which, which is it? Well, the bottom line is that for you, the fear of EMF may be worse than EMF. And if you're highly toxic and your system is already unstable, you've had toxic mold or Lyme disease or whatever else, and you're already on the brink, the EMFs may be really really bad for you. And so it's a question of body burden. But bottom line is, you've got to take a pragmatic approach that says it is preferable to minimize EMFs, and I'm not going to die if I get some EMFs because the evidence is you're still alive and you're probably roasting in them right now. So that that mindset of basic safety is and, really and some important. of us have symptoms. You know, there are people, there are hundreds of millions of people who have symptoms and they don't even know it's due to EMFs. And the most one of the most common ones is tinnitus or tinnitus ringing in the ears. Eighty million people in the U.S. have it, and almost every one it's related to EMF exposure. Interesting. So it's just crazy. Arrhythmias, heart arrhythmias, atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, uh, PACs, PVCs, you know, that's a, a massive contributor is exposure to EMFs. Um, neurodegenerative diseases, uh, autism, ADHD, you know, these are all many times symptoms, neuropsychiatric illnesses as a result of exposure, chronic exposure at high levels to, that really can decimate biological health. If someone's going to carry a cell phone that's not in airplane mode, how should they do it? Well, it shouldn't be on their body. I, it, it... What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. If someone's going to carry a cell phone that's not in airplane mode, how should they do it? Well, it shouldn't be on their body. Unless, I mean, you could probably make an argument to do it rarely if you have some type of emergency or if you just forget. But I, I, I pair it with a Faraday bag that costs about $5 on Amazon. So I always, if it, if it phones on my body, and it rarely is, it's usually in my backpack, uh, I put it in airplane mode and then I put it in this bag. Now, occasionally, for some reason, I had to hail an Uber or a Lyft. You know, I had to get a text to someone and I forget to turn off turn in airplane mode. So if I put it in the bag, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, it's still going to, a little will leak through, but it, it almost mitigates that risk. So it's a double protection. But even if it's in airplane mode, there's still some signals that leak out. You know, it's, it's not, your phone is not radio silent. And that's why you need it, you know, for surveillance issues, uh, you need to really put it in a Faraday bag. Otherwise they're going to track you. And, you know, this is not paranoia. This is reality and truth. And, for, and if you, it, I would strongly, I know this is a tangent, but it's an important one. I just interviewed, I did like a Joe Rogan, I did like two and a half hour interview with Dr. Robert Epstein, who is uh, the pre, he's a Harvard psychologist, chief, former chief editor of Psychology Today, and really the premier investigative researcher on uncovering the, the, the surveillance state that Google has created. And so I interviewed him for two and a half hours. He also is in a movie called The Creepy Line, which is a quote, from, direct quote from Eric Schmidt, which is available for free on Amazon Prime, should, must watch for both of those. My, <laughs> Hold on. It's available for free on the other big company surveilling us? That yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But, you know, at least, you know, it's, they, they aren't, I don't think Amazon's censoring as badly as Google. You know, we talked about Oh, I don't know. They, they yeah. took a bunch of the documentaries off. 
uh, and a lot of the books. But and that's things. not that's not surreptitiously suppressing information and, and getting people to believe that it just doesn't exist. I mean, they're just yeah. deleting this stuff. I mean, most I mean, at my site for sure, and hundreds of others, including yours, have been impacted by this censorship that really limits our ability to share truthful information to the general public. A lot of people don't uh, know what we're talking about there, but Google made a big algorithmic change that took most of the the highly useful health sites, the ones that gave me the knowledge uh, to help hack my own health in the early days and just erase their 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 appearance in most search results um, to the point that most of the the most trusted people that I know in health have have switched search engines because, uh, it, every time I do a search, I, I get very, very mainstream uh, things that are actually not accurate uh, yeah. when I do a search. Whereas a year ago, I would get what's funny. Most people are talking about this. So you can't trust the search engine to tell you what's actually common on the Internet. They're yeah. trying to do their thinking for you. Uh, so I I really have found well, their agenda, implementing their agenda for you, essentially. Well, I mean, we, we can't know I mean, what's going on. <laughs> You can it, some, you can get some pretty good projections. You, you can certainly see what someone's doing, but yeah. it's it's very hard to know what someone's intent is. And when yeah. you're dealing with algorithmic stuff, what you end up with is emergent behaviors, right? And and unfortunately, when you say my goal of the system I've built is to maximize profits, it will inevitably go to censorship and monopoly behaviors because that's how you maximize profits. And it's not because one person's at the, the top going, we're going to take care of those bad no, people. No, it, it's no, because sir. that's how systems work. And, you know, life works the same way. You know, you Sergey and Larry, when they both, both started Google, actually wrote a paper like in the 90s warning of this trend and tendency. And who to know, two decades later, they followed the same path right down, right down. It's a, sort of an inevitable progression. So sad, but true. So the, the bottom line is do not use Google. Do not use Chrome. Do not use Google search. It is just every character that you ever type in there is saved for the rest of your life. It is never deleted, never. And they will use it to surveil you. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. I was going down to South Florida to visit a hotel. And my, I, I, my phone, I had a VPN on, so it wasn't me. It was her phone. She, you know, I named the, named the hotel and literally seconds later, the uh, ad for it came up on her Facebook page. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that is just common nowadays and it's because they're surveilling you. So no Google search, no Google Chrome, no Android. That's why I use an iPhone. I, I threw away my Android phone uh, because, you know, it's a Google system. So there are other alternatives. Uh, some, some people recommend StartPage, but that's just been bought. So we don't recommend that one. Swiss Cows is what Epstein recommends. Swiss Cows, plural, C-O-W-S. Yeah, it's, uh, and then the best browser is Brave, B-R-A-V-E, uh, based on the software Chromium, which is what Chrome is based on also. And so you can the benefit of that is you can transfer all your extensions, all your bookmarks seamlessly. It's so easy. And you can download an extension for Swiss Cows, and it can, you can make your default search engine. So you'll get a reasonable thing. The, the problem with the, all, these, all these, and uh, Quant, Q, Q-W-A-N-T is another good one, but they're good now. You know, as they grow and people start, start to visit them, there's, there's this inevitable tendency for larger corporations to become corrupted. So that's why I'm working with a few big natural health sites uh, and people who are aligned with this mission. So hopefully within the next year, year and a half, have an alternative search engine that tells you the truth that, was, that has this incredible board that keeps people committed, that is absolutely you know, on focus to give people the, the best results possible in natural health space. Not, not an uh, alternative search engine, that would be too massive, but at least for health. Now, a lot of the time uh, with these search engines, there's a cognitive bias in there and algorithms are meant to overcome a cognitive bias, which means that if there's a group of people who dearly believes that we should all take antibiotic like industrially raised uh, mm-hmm. uh, feedlot animals. So there are people who probably believe that in the 70s and still believe it today. Mm-hmm. They should have a voice and be able sure. to make the case for that. Mm-hmm. And likewise, there could be people like you and me who say, you know, antibiotics should be saved for when you're dying and we should never give them to animals because it's destructive of the environment. Now, one of those two sides is probably right and the truth may be somewhere in the middle. However, if your search engine provider decides which one is right for you using a, a stupid website like Snopes, which is one of the most oh. horrible websites out there, um, what they've done is they've removed dialogue, they've removed your ability to think, and they've said they'll think for you. 
And if I wanted a search engine to think for me, I would pay them to do it, but I would like to do my own thinking. And, and so that's why search engines are meant to actually search, not to filter out things that the owners of the search engine don't like. And so when it comes to things like EMF, which we're talking about here, look, there is an argument that EMF might be safe. I want to hear it. There's an argument that EMF might be dangerous. In fact, I think it's the most likely truthful argument. Uh, and I would like to continue assessing that. But once my search engine provider removes my ability to see both sides of a debate, they have lost their utility as a search engine provider. And now they're a marketing provider. Mm. And this is the this is the problem that we're dealing with. Which is interestingly, the natural health sites have been censored. Yeah. Now what comes up instead of these sites like mine and yours would be sites like WebMD, Healthline. That's all I ever get anymore is, is those two. And, you know, it's really sad because most of the stuff that's written there is written at a Reader's Digest level of knowledge. So it, it's very simplistic and it's wrong, a lot of it. Well, but those sites, which you may not realize, those sites are all owned by advertising agencies. Mm-hmm. Advertising agencies. And it's totally illegal for you or me to write content article and then then have an ad for a supplement to support that. But they do it all the time. Oh, yeah. They have these articles and studies and they have the drugs for it right there. That's what they do. You know, it's, and so all these sites are coming up, pushing Big Pharma's agenda, uh, which is sad, but that's the reality. And interestingly, you know, the, with respect to uh, abrogating personal responsibility, the CTOs you talked about earlier and, you know, whose responsibility is it? Well, it's not my responsibility. It really isn't. It's, you know, they, they, they put that responsibility on the government, as does the wireless industry. And interestingly, there was a, a good movie about the DuPont Corporation uh, called Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. it goes into the whole history of how DuPont literally contaminated this local community in West Virginia for decades and killed so thousands of people and animals and everything. And, they, and it literally took them tw- nearly 20 years to get justice and, you know, $30 million settlement because they were so powerful. But, and their strategy is the same strategy. Why am I going this tangent? Because the same strategy that the wireless industry is using. DuPont said the EPA had a responsibility and they never classified their C8 or their precursor to, to uh, Teflon as a hazardous waste. So they didn't have to report it. And they said, well, the government says we don't have to. So they, they, they essentially use the government as a surrogate for safety and they, they manipulate the game so they don't even understand that it's an issue and they hide the data from them. And the wireless industry is doing the same strategy. And, and it's, you're going to see, you're going to see other doc, doc films like the dark waters that come up, you know, 20, 30 years from now. And, and, and you say, Oh, I cannot believe it. it is definitely worth a watch be, just to know the strategies that these corporations are using. And DuPont really is not a good company in any way. I mean, they are nefarious, devious company that just really had no uh, honor for human life. And those are the ones who, what, no, it was Bayer who bought Monsanto, not DuPont. But yeah, th- right. these are the companies who are actively destroying the soil on the planet and yeah, yeah. telling themselves they're not doing it. And But, and, but Google may be worse than all of them. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they're worse because people don't perceive them as bad. They, they've got this good guy image because, you know, don't do any evil. And, you know, they, they abandoned that motto like five years ago, but people still think that's their motto and sure isn't. It's really funny, Joe. You know, I, I run this deep neuroscience personal development company, uh, 40 years is in. And I, I will tell you straight up, your nervous system, your unconscious uh, doesn't understand negatives. Only your rational brain does that. So right. when you tell yourself, Absolutely. don't be evil in your daily meditation, all your brain hears <laughs> is be evil. That's that actually evil. what happens. So what you do is you say, yeah. be good. And then amazingly, your nervous system will believe that. So you always phrase things in the positive and I think this is a fundamental mistake that Google made. You build that into your culture from the beginning. Don't be evil. And all people hear is be evil, be evil. And that's not what their conscious brain hears. That's what their gut hears. Yeah, I don't know that. It's my understanding. I don't know if it was conscious. I think someone came up with it in a meeting in the late 90s, and that's they just adopted it. It wasn't like thought out, and then no one ever really carefully studied it. Oh, since the very early days. You know, I was at the company that held Google's first servers, and it was two yeah, guys yeah. in a server. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I was a co-founder of the consulting part of that company. Uh, my buddy, uh, JP, was like the first guy in that account. And it's uh, it, it's 
it's shifted a lot, but but their intent was, you know, we don't want to go no, down that path. No, they, they were well-intentioned, yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Do you think it's fixable? I, I mean, it, it, we run the risk of just being, you know, negative Nellies and, and sort of saying, you know. I don't know. I, I'm really skeptical. I, I, I you know, you? then many, so another movie, the Terminator series, you know, and Skynet. <laughs> I mean, Skynet is Google and steroids is what it is. I mean, they, I don't, I mean, you get this because artificial intelligence and AGI, artificial general intelligence, which is, you know, projected to happen in the next 20, 30 years by some, some experts, uh, the biggest employer of the leading AI scientists in the world is Google through DeepMind, mm-hmm. you know, the, and they're, they're the people who developed that software system that beat the Go champions, uh, which is just an extraordinary exponential development in AI. So, I mean, they, Google's got this technology, so they've got this and these nefarious strategies. It's not a good combination. It doesn't really fare well for the future, which is why it's so important to watch it at my interview with Epstein and the, the, the creepy line video on Amazon Prime because you, you'll, they expose it. And Jordan Peterson is also in the creepy line video, another really good, mm-hmm. powerful speaker of the truth um, that really outlines the extent of the issue. It, it's, a, it's a scary thing. I, I may be more hopeful than you, Joe, yeah. uh, because along with all this stuff, we have more data than ever before. We have the ability to see what systems are doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like Mother Nature hasn't been playing really mean tricks on us forever. This, this thing called aging and these behaviors like war <laughs> and greed and ego and, you know, all the seven deadly sins uh, sort of things um, are emerging from biological systems, which are reflecting themselves in mechanical systems that we build. So I, I feel like as we advance our consciousness of the species, we will rapidly change uh, our environment. Because at the end of the day, if there's really only six really wealthy people controlling all AI in in the world and keeping everyone else as peasants, you know what? You don't have any cool friends to hang with and you hate your life. We're we're not going to go down that path. People would hate it, not just the people subjected to it. Oh, no. I'm not as hopeful. Because the companies that that have all that data, it's not you and I. It's the big companies like Google and China too. You know, I mean, the their silent. China has a surveillance state. They have this social credit system that oh, they literally have tens of millions of cameras. And if someone jaywalks, I mean, his name is on these billboards, these LED billboards in their main cities, and their name and phone number and picture is just broadcast and they're vilified. They cannot fly anymore. They're they're uh, given the the only way they can travel is in the back seat of a train. You know. So it's, and they can't buy nice, nice houses or cars. I mean, it's just a real, it's tyrannical control of the population is what it is. And we're losing our personal freedoms and autonomy. Uh, And, you know, I'm a passionate appreciator of the founders of this country who sacrificed so much to gain these freedoms. And we're losing it. We're losing it. And, you know, people just don't get it how easy it is. It's hard to win and it's easy to lose. And I think that's where we're at. And we're losing parts of it almost every day. Um, there's, now, I'm sorry I'm so pessimistic. You know, I see the writing on the wall. I'm concerned. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way, but it's going to take some aggressive action to prevent this this snowball coming at us you, or this, like, you know, like the, the Temple of Doom where you've got this giant uh, rock coming at you. Yeah. you know? so, you've got to be willing to talk about the problems. Uh, you got to be willing to acknowledge that we have an issue so you can fix it. And I, I think you're doing a good job on that. And I think we will fix it because throughout all of history, uh, you know, people are in this okay boomer thing. Yeah. And, and you look at what you know the boomers inherited. They just had two world wars when they were born. Uh, you know, they, they just had, you know, atomic bombs going off yeah. and saying, oh, it, it's all your fault. So let's go back and you go back and you go back. But overall, you know, a lot of good stuff has happened. You know, there's less war, there's less famine. And yeah, there's some new evil tech out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over the course of decades, I, I feel like like it'll it, it'll it'll go through cycles. Well, I th- I think you've been unfairly influenced by Peter <laughs> Peter Diamandis. I mean, I, he shares that 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 hopeful view, and I'm glad yeah. that he's out there sharing that message because there's some truth to it. But I don't think he counters it with the reality of the surveillance state, which is is in, inevitable. It's a very serious threat to our personal autonomy. It is it is a very serious threat, and we can lose basic freedoms. I mean, you get to the point. I mean, and they stage these potential fake epidemics like the coronavirus. And they use that as an excuse to to implement mandatory vaccines for everyone. And when you have 
tens of millions of surveillance cameras, they could easily categorize you and find you if you didn't get, and then force you to get uh, immunized. You know, so it's just an absolute risk of of your losing your personal freedoms and and almost strict violation of Nuremberg codes. Yeah, that one is uh, is particularly nefarious. You know, if you can force people to get whatever implants you think they should get, yeah, or. Frankly, if you can force them to buy health insurance they don't want, um, those are yes, very well, similar. That was another strategy. <laughs> that, those are very similar things, and and so it, it's like, well, okay, what's it? What's the world going to look like? You know, fifty years from now, it depends what country you live in, right? It, it depends on what resources are available, and I I just believe maybe in the basic human goodness uh, over time um, that we will uh, we will overcome. And you look at at the times when things have been really crappy throughout all of history. It's usually at a peak or a trough of a cycle, and, and we do have a cyclical thing. So, well, I hope you're right, hope and we're so going to be around for a while, so we'll be able to yeah see the path and see, see the who's path, right. and also forge the path, right? You know, just by talking about yeah, it right yeah, now. Absolutely, I mean, that's one of my that's one of my missions. I mean, the last thing I want to do is be on my deathbed and say I didn't try hard enough. Yeah, you know, that is that's the absolute thing I want to avoid, and I'm pretty sure I will. So, because yeah. it just that is just an unfulfilled life. You've done a lot to go up against, you know, some some really big. Uh, corporations who who have done bad things, whether they knew they were doing it or not, is less relevant. And yeah. the the companies who build a culture that says, "Oh, um, we were wrong, we're going to correct it," that's a powerful thing to do. The difficulty is that if you're at a company like that and you write down in your email system, "We were wrong," then suddenly you can be sued later for having been wrong, even though at the time all data said it was okay. So we, we're also sort of blocking. Uh, these uh, these companies from changing their behaviors sure. because by admitting oh we what what was before wasn't as good there's liability and part of that is the U S has seventy percent of the world's attorneys in it and that's driving a lot of this bad Cla- behavior. The stuff. classic example of this one of our political uh, health activism roles is in removing mercury from dentistry and the mercury's been around since the Civil War and mm-hmm. the li- the liability for the ADA admitting that it wasn't a good strategy is literally hundreds of billions of dollars. So we've taken some very clever strategy approaches and literally probably a few years away from banning it when the use of dentistry worldwide. And you've been a leading voice in that for decades, just yeah, fighting so that Mercury fight, is a so. toxic poison and it's just, it shouldn't be the case where almost every adult has to deal with mercury detox. All the kids should never have a mercury filling ever put in their mouth. There's just no excuse for it. Yep. Yeah, you got to stop the problem at the source, not treat it later. Yeah, I feel like like that knowledge in just in the last 10 years has become way more mainstream. Yeah. And and that that people are really saying, I don't want to do it. It's ugly and it's unsafe. And there's still some people doing it, but man, it's a lot better than it was. This is an example, Joe. Yeah, when Charlie Brown first started, it was like 2% of the dentists were mercury-free. Now it's 60%. Yeah, in in about 10 or 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah, about that time frame. Right. So, and you know, he's well, working through the World Health Organization and passing international treaties, treaties, and all over the country, of the world, internationally. So, well, perhaps that's how long it'll take for us to be surveillance free. Yeah, but it does show that you know, the longer something's okay. been around, the harder it is. Vaccines would be another example. It's almost as long as as mercury. Which you know, the longer something is around, the harder it is. Fluoride, not as long, but still really hard. It's been six decades. It's been used. So. You know, the longer these lies and myths get perpetuated, the, the more difficult it is to remove them from our, our practices so, or change them. Yeah, or, uh, or, or who knows? May, maybe there's some safe use of fluoride out there. I haven't found one. I don't know of one. But, you know, I'm going to be open-minded about this stuff. Like, show me the evidence is what all of us should be saying there because I, I think fluoride is just downright a horrible thing to put in water, and it's a violation of basic human biology. No, you're not. You're not. You know, it, it just saddens me. I, I actually interviewed a, an endodontist who has some really good strategies if he did have a root canal. But I realized in our, my interview with her that, you know, if we were eating the way that you and I advocate and our kids were eating that from day one, they would not ever get a cavity. They wouldn't get a cavity ever. So they wouldn't have yeah. ever a need for a root canal or a mercury or any mm-hmm. type of feeling, let alone mercury amalgam. Yeah. So you got to treat the cause, treat, you know, eat the right foods, yeah. Pro- avoid processed foods like the plague and sugar. You, you do. Well, Mark Hyman was just on the show. You know, he's working on changing the food system right now with his book, Food Fix. And uh, in fact, we mentioned, uh, mentioned that, that you were coming on the show in the episode with him. And, you know, I, I, 
I really think that we can we can make some fundamental changes in in human behaviors that will yeah. quickly make the big yeah. food companies, the big tech companies, all of them change. The caveat is if our ability to communicate with the public isn't handcuffed, which is what yeah. they're seeking to do, and they have done, you know. So, but you know, it's there's there's workarounds, and if we can create these alternative health search engines that people know exist, just like everyone knows that Wikipedia exists, and then they'll soon find out that Wikipedia is a fraud. Uh, for the most part, especially when it relates to health, uh, then they when they want to learn truth about health, they'll go to this site and they'll find it, you know, and they can't take that down. I mean, there are some tools that you may know about that Google can use. They can say there's malicious spyware and essentially prevents all the ISPs from sending anyone going to that strategy. But that's probably a last ditch effort that they would pull out. And, and there's probably some antitrust lawsuits. Oh yeah, that that, that well, would be so. that would be Supreme Court stuff yeah. for sure. It's uh, it's fascinating to have a, a view and how the internet is wired underneath it and all the all the good things and the bad things you can do. Uh, one thing I used to do, Joe, that you'll laugh about, uh, I quit doing it 10 years ago because I was I actually was worried about the environmental footprint of it. But I used to have a little uh, thing running in my browser and it would, at, at a random number of seconds between you know every one second and every 30 seconds, it would make a random query to Google from my account. So my Google search results were completely full of crap. And there's no way for Google to know exactly which of those things I actually searched for. So essentially you can hide your uh, hide your your tracks with dirty data. And this is the big Achilles heel of all these people. But why give them any data? Just use a VPN and they don't get anything. Uh, oh, well that's a that's a great idea if they really don't get anything. Well, we we actually know that the number one VPN company out there a few years ago was actually operated by the NSA, <laughs> and uh, um, that that was that was well um, uh, that was well established. And it was still one of those things where the worst uh, the worst criminals were using it, and the NSA was just laughing. Uh, but also, if you're Google saying, "Oh, this is one of those people who doesn't use Google." Uh, put them on the blacklist, right? It, and then, you know, okay, they only get to ride in the back of the train. So but the bottom line, though, is dirty data is really hard for these guys to deal with, and they hate it. So uh, that's what you get for being a hacker. I know. I, know. I, I sure hope so. I'm not voting or cheering against you. I just am just pessimistic. Yeah, you're you're concerned about it. I'm concerned as well. And, uh, I'm, you know, we're, we're both doing what we can to make it better. Well, I... I do think that your latest work and probably your last book for a while, EMF, is worth uh, is worth a read. Yes, because you know, aside from all the the information freedom stuff we were just talking about at the end of the interview here, yeah. um, the idea that there are things you can do to reduce your risk and still have the benefits of information at your fingertips. It, it, look, it, it's just pragmatic. It, it's not a fear-driven thing. And no, you don't have to go out and spend, you know, $100,000 rebuilding your no. house. But if you are putting up new wallpaper, maybe you should do something behind it that's going to make your sleeping environment better. Incremental improvements while still getting benefits. That's that idea of changing the environment around you so they have control of your biology. Perfection not required. Just move in that direction. Yeah, so chapter seven is the what to do to remediate. And was largely influenced by Brian Hoyer, who was going to be at the, on the panel at your, at your event. And uh, I'm actually giving most of that chapter away for free. You don't even have to buy the darn book. Cool. You just go to emf.mercola.com and you can download it even before the book gets published. So, uh, And uh, you can get all these tips because there's a lot of them simple things. I mean, it would take us an hour or two hours just to go over all those 25 pages of what to do. So you know, that's why we're giving it away for free. Well, uh, I would encourage you, uh, if you're listening, uh, go to uh, the Bulletproof Conference or the Biohacking Conference. It's at upgradelabs.com slash conference. And I think if you use code Dave, you'll probably get a deal. I'm pretty sure we've got one. Um, but uh, what you'll find uh, when you go there is that uh, Dr. McCole is going to be on stage. We'll be talking about this kind of stuff and a whole bunch of other people who care about this. Uh, so there's there's a big community, much bigger than you'd think, thousands of people in person and millions of people around the globe who are paying attention to EMF. They're paying attention to BPA and all the other stuff that you've been paying attention to for 30 years, Joe. So th thanks for being on the show. Thanks for your work. Um, thanks for everything you do, man, and being so optimistic. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep doing that because if I'm wrong, then uh, I'll at least die with less stress. So Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, on that note, pick up Joe's book. Uh, it's worth your time, EMF asterisk D as yes, that effed. 
and uh, and read it and use it for your benefit. Um, have a beautiful day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.